Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas and with me like always, Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. We get all the great holidays and yep. it is Christmas yep. Eve. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, and thanks for joining yes. us here this morning. We've got a lot to talk about here today, but we are pre-recorded. We're, we're taking the day off. Uh, in fact, it's because of a whole bunch of Christmas traditions that we want to talk about. And for example, me and my family, uh, this is my wife's day. This is like she's got French roots and French heritage. So yep. that's kind of a French tradition in, you know, is, is doing a lot of the stuff on Christmas Eve, right? So we want to get into a bit of those things. So for me, we're going to be celebrating today. Uh, You know, uh, this evening is kind of when all the fun festivities take place, the food, opening most of the gifts, things like that. And then we're over to my, my side of the family Tomorrow, I've got a sister now who kind of hosts it every, it used to be my parents, but now it's my sister because she's got a couple of young kids and it just works out great to be at their place. They got the biggest house, so <laughs> there's lots of room for everybody. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to talk about some of those things to start with this morning because it's Christmas Eve uh, and that's kind of what people are doing today is is because it's it's Sunday, you know, we've had Saturday, all kinds of family coming in from out of town to, to your house maybe, or you're headed somewhere, and that's a, a, a big travel day today. What are what are some of the things you guys do as Christmas traditions? As Christmas traditions. Yep. Well, today we're going to be going out to the cabin, our whole family. We're going to be celebrating it at the cabin. Um, we just got back from, from Mexico. And last night late. Last <laughs> night wow. late, and so now we're all heading out there, and, uh, and then we're going to enjoy some family time together just in the warmth of the cabin. I think that's great. And all surround around the Christmas tree and the... I think I mentioned in the last week's segment that the Christmas tree has become a huge tradition in our family and going to the garden center and picking out the perfect tree and finding that and we designate a certain member of the family to pick out that tree and um, there's always fun stories that go along. I, I think I've got pictures of them even wearing their rubber boots on a warm day, picking out their Christmas tree. And, I'm, <laughs> and then I take a picture. I show, have the pictures and albums, and I'm like, this is Christmas. And then he's wearing swim shorts and rubber boots. Like, <laughs> and he's holding a Christmas tree. And I'm like, oh, it's just the, the fun memories that you have. And over the years, you can see the kids grow next to the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um, and Bo, my youngest, uh, he's nine now, but he's, his job is always to put the star on the top of the tree, is to finish it off. This year was a little bit of a disaster, as you've heard in the past, where a Christmas tree fell over. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad came to the rescue a few days later and helped me take apart the tree. And De- we undecorated the tree. Undecorated, undecorated the yeah. tree and then redrilled uh, into the bottom of the tree. Yep. There's like a little... Um, There's a disc. A disc in the bottom Which of the is tree. a perfect type of tree. You put the disc on the bottom and then you screw it. Make sure you got big enough screws this time. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> One-inch screws don't work so well. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Thanks, then, uh, Dad. <laughs> And then you just set that whole disc into the into the stand, and now the bottom doesn't swivel, right? Mm-hmm. So it worked yeah. perfect. It worked right really on. good. So we did that. We also picked out a, a big, big tree, the biggest tree I've ever seen for their dad's place, and it was sixteen feet tall. And it was just, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was just this. It was. It was almost like too much. Like they had to trim some branches to get it through the door. How, how, like how do you have that, that many decorations to put on a sixteen feet worth they of tree? They had to go pick up some more. Oh, so. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> and they need a tall ladder to get yeah. to the top of that one. But like the bottom of the tree was like to cut, cut up like about up to my waist of just empty space at the bottom because that's wow. how the tree You almost got to put the star first before you stand the tree up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Very, a roofing ladder is needed for this project. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but again, Scaffling. it's just so so fun to look back and see those traditions and see the kids get so excited about something that like sort of centers centers Christmas in the Christmas tree and then have those scents come into our home mm-hmm. with the smell of Christmas as well. Yeah, too. or at least at least a really good candle. Yeah, you know, like. I don't have a live tree, the but... The Fraser fir candle is my favorite yes. candle. I love the smell yeah, of it. Yeah, those really almost, it's like, oh, man, the tree must be in here. <laughs> How about you, Rick? What are some of the tradi- family traditions you well, remember and uh, upheld? Yeah, just uh, just the, the being around, having family around, basically, is set. Uh, and then just uh, like, I, like I've said before, we, we have a tradition where we get the family over together before we... Before we light the candle, before we before we open the presents, we all we sit around and we light candles and we go from person to person all the way around the room, saying what we're thankful for that mm-hmm. year. And I really so, love that tradition. Yeah. I love that it just brings everybody together and helps yeah. us all reflect. And yep. there usually is sometimes a bit of tears, sometimes, oh, yeah, exactly. and sometimes tears of joy too. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's a great time to share with. Each and other. the ones that aren't around, they all make sure they they uh, they face time in, and and uh, they want to be part of it. They don't want to miss. So we have to. So it's all part of that, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. And what about when you were a kid? What kind of Christmas traditions did Opa and Oma do with you? I used to go on December about my birthday, which is December twenty second. We used to go and cut the tree, but we used to go into the nursery and oh, cut a tree. Right? Yeah, a live one down. So we used to get to go. Me and my dad used to go out and cut the tree down in the nursery. So, but we couldn't pick a perfect tree because that was for sale the next spring, <laughs> right? So we had to pick the tree you that had was the crooked one. We had the crooked one, or the we one want that, the damaged goods, the <laughs> one that had a big hole in it, or whatever, because that's just the way it was. So right? it was perfectly imperfect, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, right, I and, love uh, that. but that was that's the way we did it, and it was good. Right so. on. There's definitely some food traditions in yeah. my family. There's a salad that my grandma passed away when I was about seven years old. Yeah. And it's a shrimp salad that we make every year. Uh, it's it's a pretty basic thing, actually, but it's one of those things we make every Christmas, every Easter, every kind of holiday time as a bit of a memory, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And there's definitely some desserts that we rep- replicate or, or uh, re- redo every every year. And uh, and then I'm I'm Ukrainian as well. So there's Ukrainian Christmas that's going to come up in another oh couple goodness. weeks. And that's got a long season. Oh, yeah. And that's another feast, another another five pounds added on, you know. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, eating all that. We wanted to talk about uh, taking this into kind of a different area. And that is, by the way, this is a pre-recorded version of Garden Talk. We normally would ask you to call us or text us. But we're taking the day off, enjoying those family things, and hopefully you get a chance to do that here today, too. So we'll be uh, coming to you again in the new year. But uh, some of those, you know, there's maybe even still some time today because it's the morning. It's Christmas Eve, right? You want to put a special cocktail together. We got a cool idea, something you discovered, too, right? Yeah, I I saw this inspiration, and I thought it was the cutest idea to sort of add a little bit of... of, uh, of plant life into into things. And that's a huge trend right now is adding herbs into your cocktails, especially rosemary this year as a Christmas cocktail. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you take a sprig of rosemary and, and you, you get cut, them in your grocery store, right? You get right now. Yeah. Grocery store, pick it up at the garden center. Maybe you've kept a plant over. And I usually will rinse it off really well, first of all. And and then you can take a, a sprig and you want to cut it about three quarters the size of your cup. Um, or if you're doing a shorter glass, maybe about half the size of your cup. And then Put just a tiny bit of water in the bottom of your cup and put the sprig upside down so that the needles are going downwards like a Christmas So how do you hold tree. it in the middle? Do you just put a toothpick across the, uh, or, or a straw across the? No, you just sort of stick, stick it, it in. Stick it in there. Okay, perfect. Just stick it in there. The weight of it should hold, hold it, hold okay. down. You're not, per- you're not putting enough water in there that it's floating. Right, that's true. You're just putting yep. a little bit of water so that the water's going to freeze it in. Yep. And uh, And you might add a few ice cubes later on when you make the cocktail as well too to keep it cold. 
But then you're gonna you're gonna choose a drink like a soda vodka, maybe add some cranberries to it, something that's clear that you can see see into, or maybe add a nice like purple gin or something mm-hmm. yeah. in there that'd be neat. And then the bubbles, they sort of bubble up around this now Christmas tree, which is your rosemary sprig, and you have a snow globe. That's perfect. So it would be even cooler if it was in like a round glass, yes, right? Yes. So there's so there's neat. definitely some like some drink tumblers that are really round that you can mm-hmm. buy now. That's a cool that's a cool idea. Very cool. So I mean, hey. There, there you go. You can pull that off today if you wanted to, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because there's still time maybe to run out. I know some of the stores are open. It's probably going to be tough to do some Christmas shopping last minute because it's a Sunday right now yeah, for some people. Yeah, I know people, Dutch Bars is closed today, but lots of places are, are closed and open, but it's time to enjoy with family. So coming up this show, I know we would normally ask you to call us, like I said, but we're pre-recorded today. We will actually talk a little bit later about uh, bringing that green into the home for this kind of dark season we've got coming up, frankly, you know, like into mm-hmm. January and February, what you can be doing, how how to bring some of that life into your home to make it feel not so lifeless, like mm-hmm. we kind of are used to with the dark days ahead uh, of part of winter. But we'll get into some of that. We're going to talk uh, still coming up about how to take care of some of those Christmas plants. Maybe you've gotten one. You know, you're going to get one as a gift today, later tomorrow, something like that. But what to do with those, how to make, keep them going and keep them going ahead. We're looking at Christmas cactuses, amaryllis, poinsettias, all that sort of stuff. We want to cover off some care with those plants. So mm-hmm. first thing we want to start with, guys, is that Christmas cactus that you might have. Let, let me ask you this. There's Christmas cactus. There's other cactuses that are like those. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit like in this segment here. But there's actually a Christmas cactus. There's a Thanksgiving cactus. And then there's an Easter cactus. Really? And the difference between them is the leaf shape, the flower, and also what time of the year they bloom. But Christmas cactuses have become become something that have become a part of a home and a tradition as well, too. And I know we had a co-worker who worked with us, and they had their grandma's cactus that had been passed through the family for over 90 years. 90 years? 90 years old cactus. They last a really long time. There's something you might take clippings off of. You can share them with friends and family. You can get them in all different colors. And so every year there might be a different variation, maybe your collecting different ones but the biggest thing that i've seen is people people they have these christmas cactus and like this was my grandma's christmas cactus wow no. And um, how do I care for it? How do I get it to rebloom? How do I make sure that this thing is going to thrive into the future? So um, remember, they are a cactus. In in that, you want to make sure that you're not keeping them too, too wet all the time. So you want to stick your finger in that soil up to your first or second knuckle, and you want it to be dry to the touch when, when you feel it. When it's in the blooming stage, however, you want to keep them a little bit more moist because those flowers need a little bit more moisture. So if, so. You're, if you're starting with a cutting or a new mm-hmm. Christmas cactus, let's just start by saying this there's a whole bunch of different colors you can actually get mm-hmm. right there is like the the typical bright pink that people pink. mostly see yeah a there's coral color coral there's red there's red there's a, a white with like almost like a, a pink splash of color in it or a pink stripe um there's an orange and if you look hard enough you can even find a yellow right there is a yellow but uh, it was hard to find it's so, hard to, hard to so tricky i have i struggle even i was trying to find one this year and i couldn't even find one so what do you uh, Let's, let's go back to like planting this thing. What kind of soil and what kind of pot? Yeah, I'd use a cactus mix. So just it's got a little bit more um, perlite more in porous, it. It's got more a little porous. bit more, mm-hmm. a lot more porous. It's got yep. some sand in it. Um, it doesn't have as much peat in in the in the soil. Um, it's it's no, no or cocoa core in it, and it's going to drain evenly. You want to make sure you put it in a pot that's got a hole in the bottom. You want 
good drainage. Mm-hmm. If you have it in a pot without that, make sure sh- without drainage that you think is really pretty, or maybe hand it down. Make sure you have an insert for that pot. Something and, that you and can that's take how you out. start. And that's how you start a new plant too. You start a new pot with that same soil, and then you take a cutting and you just set it into onto the into the soil. Yeah, right. Set it onto the soil, and it will root in. It'll root into. That's, the, that's the coolest thing about it's yeah. part of the cactus family. So, like a succulent or a cactus, yeah. mm-hmm. is you don't have to root it first or from seed. You just cut off basically a. A chunk of a it. A chunk of it. Yep. Stick it into soil, keep it moist, and it will grow yep. from there, right? Exactly. Yeah, you can reproduce them very easily, which exactly. is neat. So that's cool because then if you have that that cactus from 90 years ago, grandma's cactus, yep. like you said, you can share it with families uh, this time of year. If you're yep. the one, if you're hosting Christmas and and you've got it, you can break off pieces and send them home with it. And yep. it's now you're, you're spreading the family tradition. Or that's too really many cool. people in the house, maybe somebody rubs a little bit too close to it or sits on it and a piece breaks off, then then you have a way that you can maybe even take those pieces that broke off and not be too sad about it. Now you're going to share it with the family. Because <laughs> they are a little bit fragile, they right? They are, yeah. You know, they're, like, yep. they're not really a tough plant. They're mm-hmm. pretty breakable that way, yeah. right? Yeah, and if I'm, if I'm transplanting it, I'll even take like a piece of uh, thicker newspaper or a bunch of newspaper and I'll wrap it around the plant and almost make like a... Uh, a cone around it, like as if you would around your dog's neck when okay. it comes back from the vet. Yep. And then that would kind of protect the plant as I'm lifting it out, and then I could transplant yep. it there so that those leaves aren't getting into the soil inside. So when it's you're kind of floppy. When you're watering this thing, you want to make sure it's not drowning in water, right? Exactly. So that's why the, the hole in the bottom and the type yep. of soil it, that it's going to yeah. use. And if it's an insert, water it, and then you can take that pot out, drain the excess water. Right. So yeah. it needs moisture, but it needs to not be just swamped yeah, in water, right? Exactly. There are other plants that do fine with that, but this is not one of them, yeah. right? And to get it to rebloom, Rick, like give us some tips yeah. about that. One thing is you have usually have it near a window, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's near an opening window in September, have some of the evenings when it's not freezing, have that window open. Okay. Okay. And so that it gets cool. Right by that window, mm. and so now that gives it a cool time. And just now, like the keynote is, it's not freezing outside. Not freezing, at this point. Okay? right? It can't right. freeze at night, so you have to be at nights where it's still above zero, right? And even a, even above five degrees would be better, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so it doesn't go below plus five, let's say. And so, so that might be in August, right? It might even be August, beginning of September. This last bunch of years, as we've been in September, it's still been pretty warm at night. Yep. And so if you have that window open, it gets cool. That way, it's not outside. It's, you still have in the same spot, but it's near the window. It prompts it for changing it of It prompts it changing the season. Gives that little bit of a cool shock and says that, okay, I've been through a winter in the desert, right? Because it gets cold in the desert, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. At night, it gets does. cold at night in the desert. It's time and, to and, reproduce. And then all of a sudden in the spring, you always will usually get a rain, mm-hmm. right? Even in the desert, mm-hmm. you'll get a rain. And my father always tells me about when he used to be down in Hammond, California, he used to get a spring rain and the whole desert was just a mat of flowers. Oh, that's cool. If you get hey. that rain, right? So if you get a rain, so that means increasing the water a little bit when you want, when you get it to bloom. And, um, and then by increasing the water, that'll trigger the plant to start to bloom. Now, one of the things that, I mean, you can do, you can do it that way, yep. but I mean, you can, you can take these outside. They can live outside for the summer too, right? So yep. naturally this may occur if you keep it outside a little bit yeah. later into the season before it comes in. And I find that when you have it outside, because the sunlight's so much stronger outside, the leaves will actually turn a bit of a pinky color mm-hmm. as well too, and that's completely natural as well. We right. have one that's in probably about a 10-gallon pot. Okay. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, it, um, and we have it out in the deck for the summertime. And so we it's bring it huge. bring it back in, and there's hundreds of blooms. Wow. Okay. Pink blooms. Yesterday morning, I was on the Peloton in the room where that Christmas cactus is, and 
it was it was sitting there and it, there was a sunset and it was like the colors on that, all the different colors yeah. were like the exact same, same colors. Color. Really? Oh, that's cool. It was beautiful. That's cool. So that's, that's kind of uh, Christmas Cactus 101. Yeah. We've got a couple more minutes in our segment here. Let's talk about some of the other Christmas plants and how okay. to take care of them. So, I mean, you know, traditionally what you think of, definitely a poinsettia. A poinsettia. Right? So caring for those is you want to keep them away from draft and heat. That's usually the heat. You, you, if you have them right next to a fireplace, a lot of times we like to put them by our fireplace because it kind of anchors the fireplace with a nice big poinsettia, but the heat might turn them crispy on the one yeah. side. So just away from the heat if you want them to be successful. Mm-hmm. If they're in a hat or anything, when you water them, you want to make sure you empty that hat definitely. out or that pot out. So the same thing, so as, the same thing as a Christmas yep. cactus. Yeah. Remember, in nature, they're grown in very hot climates like Mexico and California. So you want to make sure you're mimicking that type of environment. Right, right. So allowing them to dry out a bit between waterings, having them in bright, indirect sunlight is perfect for them in the house. Um, so that's one of the things there. Um, other Christmas plants, the Helleborus. I, okay. If you want something new, there's a Helleborus. And it's a Christmas flower that you usually see, but it's actually a perennial um, in places like BC. And it's a semi-hardy perennial, sometimes an annual you'll see in the greenhouses. And it's a really pretty, unique flower. You'll see it a lot in cut flowers. But uh, if you have, if you want to see something Give me a description unique, of the flower. Oh, a description of the flower. It almost looks like, uh, I would say, like a starry, a, a big star on a plant. Okay, and, cool. Uh, a delicate star on a plant. And it's, it's, it's an elegant looking plant. It's usually um, a creamy color with a little bit of like a chartreuse green to, okay, the, yeah. to the flower with a nice glossy leaves to it. Oh, neat. Um, it's a really pretty plant. So if you're wanting something unique to give somebody this Christmas, that uh, that, is, that is a great, great one. Or if you want to add something to your collection, you could keep it in as a perennial, bring it in for the winter and sort of um, keep using it keep using it that way. Now, a lot of people might be getting, uh, we got about a minute till our break here, might be getting an amaryllis mm-hmm. bulb yes. as a gift, maybe even, you know, tonight, in Christmas, you know, or, or, yeah, or they got it as a teacher's gift from yeah. their students or something like that. So too. this Christmas season, you might be getting one of those at some point. So wh- how do you take care of that? Well, an amaryllis bulb, if it hasn't started to spike up, it's usually going to take about three to four weeks to grow that that stem up and grow the flower. So that's kind of the time frame for it to go from bulb stage to blooming stage is about three to four weeks. And you can get them two types. You can get a waxed amaryllis, which has a wax encased around the mm-hmm. bulb, so you don't need to like add any more moisture or anything. Put them in the soil or nothing. Enough. You just set I, them on top. I of saw that. a really neat um, thing. They had an indoor wreath, and they actually mounted the amaryllis onto the indoor wreath and put live greens around it and hung it in front of a mirror. And then this amaryllis like slowly grew up as this like big arrangement wow. hanging on a wall. So it was yeah. really cool that way. Um, you want to plant them in a pot if you're going to be doing it that way. Not, not uh, the, not waxed, the ones. waxed ones, yes. but just the regular ones. A pot that's about an inch in diameter bigger than the, the actual bulb. And uh, they're going to bloom and look absolutely gorgeous and stunning. Hopefully you're having a great uh, holiday season this time of year. We want, want to pick back up uh, just in this uh, next segment here where we kind of left off from last, just before the break here. But we were talking about amaryllis bulbs. So there's two kinds, you know, you get them, just as a bulb that have to go into soil. Mm-hmm. You may be getting a present sometime this Christmas season of one of the wax-covered ones, mm-hmm. right? And those ones don't have to go into soil. They can just Sit exist. on the countertop. And, and they will. They don't even need water, right? No, nothing. But once they finish blooming, now there's a way. It has a little wire on the bottom to hold them so they stand up and they don't roll over all the time, okay, right? Okay, yeah. Built into the wax. So then you want to basically take that wax off and take that wire off the bottom there's lots of YouTube videos on it too if you want to see how to do that. And then you can plant it into a, into a pot. I will put a little caveat on that though, that um, with the waxed ones, they're more of a one season, yep. one season plant. Because you're not watering them and taking care of them, there's not a lot of 
energy going back into that bulb. And sometimes that wax actually has so much moisture trapped inside of it that part of the bulb will start to rot, rot over time. So when you peel it off, you're going to sort of see that that bulb is a little bit deformed. It might be a little bit shriveled up. So your performance on that bulb, if you're wanting to choose a bulb that you're going to carry on from year to year mm-hmm. to year, I would not choose a waxed bulb yes. for that reason. You know what? It's a gift one. That's right. It's a yeah. gift. And that's, that's kind of no different than in some ways a poinsettia, right? Yeah. There are, you can keep a poinsettia yes. from year to year. It's yep. possible. And it is, there's a bit of a process to get it to change back to color. Yep. But let's be totally honest. Most people have a poinsettia for the Christmas holiday season and they look at it in January and they go, ah, I'm done with this thing. And most yep. offices that have a poinsettia in June, I'm looking at it saying, you probably should have done something with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so frankly, most of them are a yeah. one-time yeah. grow use plant. And right? it's because they're kept indoors. And where do they grow? They grow in places with highlight areas. So we keep them indoors. There's not enough light to carry no. them through our homes. No, they're really a, a tropical full. plant. They're yep. a tropical plant. So you're going to get leaf drop and all that kind of stuff if you keep them indoors. If you're going to be successful with poinsettia, you're going to... Put it outside Size. during, the, during yep. the summer season and let it thrive out there outdoors. Spray it really well and give then bring it, give it, it a in pruning and bring it back in and start and again. And then make it dark and we don't do have that to feel process. guilty though, do we? No, just like a bouquet of flowers. Do you feel feel bad throwing out a bouquet of flowers? No, they're already dead. They're already dead. So think of it as a seasonal bouquet of flowers, yeah. a poinsettia. You've enjoyed it. You've been able to take care of it. You've been able to nurture something for a period of time. And now you know what? It's time to say goodbye. Exactly. And, and, for the, for the, and replace it with something else. And for the few, pe- <laughs> and the few people that want to experiment and have a nice hobby and just to try to see what they can do, there is ways you can... Keep it, like, put I've it seen the the bon- a bonsai poinsettia before, oh, really? very, very cool, or making a, a poinsettia into a topiary. So there's lots of neat things you can do with a poinsettia. When, mm-hmm. when I was in Columbia, it was quite a few years ago, but I mean, it was, I saw a 14... I, I was like six. I saw a 14-foot uh, poinsettia in the ditch. 14 yeah. feet. Well, 14 in feet nature, they're, they're bushes. They're like large yeah. bushes in right. nature. Yeah. yeah, I've seen... Oh, I've seen like a, a money tree in Florida set mm-hmm. at, or or other weird things set up as hedges. This was scrawny, like a scrawny poinsettia that we yeah. saw in there. Mexico. Yeah, oh, it was really gorgeous. scrawny. I think it was an umbrella tree. I saw that yeah. in Disney World set up as a hedge too. Yeah. Well, that's that's like a typical indoor house plant for Isn't us. Isn't it so great that we, we live in Canada, we get to go to these like tropical places and like see how this plant that's maybe in a four or six pot that we get to enjoy in yep. our homes. And then we go to these places and you're like, whoa, that's what it looks like mm-hmm. in nature. And it's just like the awe and the amazement. When I see like even a pothos plant, when I was down in Bali and I saw a pothos plant, which is a very common house plant, the leaves are like maybe about the size of my hand. Right. Well, the leaves on the pothos down in Bali are like the size of like a dinner plate. Like they're massive. And it's just, it, you just feel like you're in Jurassic Park. Like, in, in, <laughs> and you're like, wow, that, that's actually what that plant looks like. Is that the same variety yeah. even? And then you look it up, you're like, that's the same plant. But when you give it the ideal conditions, it just yeah. looks completely different. I got to tell a story. This is where we're going to go kind of off script here for a second. That's okay. okay. We like off script. So uh, I have a fiddly fig. Okay. And it's, pretty much a tree it has a single stem and then all the leaves come out at the top and it kind of had more on it before but where it sits in my house it's adapted to the light so it's kind of lost the leaves going up now there's a a bunch at the top right yeah and they're doing fine it looks okay but it's a pom-pom basically it's a a stick with a pom-pom my mom's got one that has is much shorter maybe only two feet tall and we were talking about before on our show, we've talked about how to get it to branch out yep. and grow. Instead of growing as a stick up and then losing all its leaf on the on the bottom, you have to keep pruning, pruning it, it, right? Mm-hmm. So 
said, you got to prune it, and then it'll branch out there. And then when those actually branch out, then you got to prune them again, and, and it'll it'll create more of a shrub-like yep. looking thing. Yep. And when you prune it, you can take those pieces, put them in a vase, well, and let them root. I was just going to say, oh, that's sorry. what she's actually... Jumping the gun there. Yeah, that's yep. what she's actually done. So I was surprised. She took the top, and it was a chunk of it, probably two or three inches, but it had about four or five big leaves on it. Yep. Yeah. It's in the light, in water, and it's got... Roots, roots, roots coming out of it. it. Yep. So do we do we put it into peat moss first, or do, right, right into the soil? Just right into the soil. You a potting soil. A potting, potting soil, soil. Okay. like a good potting mix um, that's meant for indoor tropical plants. I would use. Don't use like a topsoil or a, if it says garden soil on the bag. Yeah, no, that, no, that's that's, that's that. not yep. what you're going to use. Yep. Okay, so okay, so this, so it's not just it's it's actually doable. Yeah. And then you get a second it's, one out of it. My sister, she has these giant ones in her home. Like she's got two of them on the, either side the, of her fi- the fiddly, fireplace, the fiddly figs, and she cut sections that are like three feet tall off of them because they're growing so fast in her big windows. Wow. And she sticks those. She's got a really large vase. It's like it's a big vase. A big mm-hmm. vase. It stands about 24 inches tall and she sticks them in those and gets them to root. So then she almost like makes these little mini plants and then to fill up the base of hers, she plants them in around the base of hers because when the leaves sort of drop because of lack of light at the bottom. Start new So plants. now she's got starting oh, new plants cool. around the base. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of brings us to, we want to talk about bringing, you know, more of the, the green indoors this time of yeah. year. So when you're picking out a plant, let's just go with this first. When you're picking out a plant at a garden center or someplace where you're buying something, mm-hmm. in the wintertime, it's really important how you're transplanting or how you're transporting, I should say, absolutely that back to your house. So step one is after you pick something out, we'll go into that, but it's how you're getting it home. Yeah. Right? So go prepared when you go to the garden center, throw a, a blanket or, or a box or even a comforter Whatever. or a box or a Rubbermaid container into your car. Um, we we can wrap them at the garden centers with paper and then we also do plastic. You don't want to put plastic right next to the plant. That's just going to make it colder inside. Um, so we usually wrap them in paper first. If you don't have paper, you can wrap it in a blanket first if it's a large plant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a large plant, I'd bring a sheet or a blanket. We can wrap it in that instead of a big piece of paper and then you put a plastic around it. And what the plastic's doing is trapping air in there so that you almost have an air pocket to give it some extra insulation. Right. Because okay? we got to say this, you know, when the temperatures are below zero degrees, Degrees. Mm-hmm. You take a tropical plant outside. There's yep. almost nothing you can buy at a garden center that will survive that journey of just even a few seconds, yeah. of like a minute or two of exposure to those kinds of temperatures. So at, at zero degrees, you're fine. At minus three, you're probably still a little bit fine, like right. running it to the car. But once we get below minus five, minus 10, yeah. you just, the, just from taking it here to the from the store into your car you think you have a nice warm car you know it's going to be fine i'm going to be quick those cells will burst yep and then we'll get it home you're not going to see the damage right away but you will see the damage in about a day or two and the leaves will actually turn almost a black color Color. Mm -hmm. so they're not going to turn a brown color they're going to turn black and that's how you know that you have frost damage right and it happens quick and if it's just a little bit of frost they'll just Weep down, they'll be a little bit, leaves will be a little bit mushy. Rushy. Right. And it, you can maybe, it's only got it on the tips and you might be able to prune it back, but you're restarting this brand new plant that you just got and it was so lush and then and then it's not looking so and good. enough anymore. time in the cold, you can wipe it out. You can wipe it out. It right. won't have any leaves left on it. Well, it's probably so, not going to affect the root so system. So paper, paper, plastic or cardboard box or even if you're going to pick, bring your, your rubber made. You know, or your, if it's a smaller plant. Or your igloo cooler from the summer that's insulated. Or if you've got a bigger tree, yep. you've got an artificial Christmas tree, 
pull your Christmas tree out of the box. You got a perfect box that you can set it into. <laughs> That's right. right? Yeah. But right we do shape. have a lot of people who come into the garden center, and we're in a society where we don't like lots of packaging, right? We want to eliminate the packaging. Yeah. So, so in that case, come prepared to the reusable. garden center. Bring yeah. something for yourself. But we want to talk a little bit right now about is useful plants. I mean, all plants are useful. They clean the air. They provide yes. that green Absolutely. space. They make it feel yeah. like it's alive this time of year when when we're faced with outdoors. Or it can be dark uh, and uh, yep. cold and, and, you know, we live in this province. Yes. But you can also get plants going inside that yeah, you can use. Yeah, let's keep that green thumb going yep. indoors. So you can do that multiple ways, whether it's seed starting, whether it's taking some cuttings from your plants and carrying them on and propagating, or maybe you're wanting to make a terrarium. So maybe let's start with like making a little indoor garden. That's kind of fun. And right. so you might have like a bowl or a vase or something that, that you've you've carried on yep. for, for a while. It's even a fun project to do, even in a mason jar, if you want to do it on a, a small scale or a large pickle jar and take the, the wrapper up and do, do them there. And then you want to l- layer the bottom. And I usually start with layer with rock and I'll do a couple inches of rock. So you got a little bit of drainage and then you want to add some charcoal. And what the charcoal is going to do is it's going to add a layer of filtering. Mm. So um, so that, that, that sort of stays. Because it, there's no drain holes in the mm. bottom of this, this jar, right? So And then what I'll do is I'll take a little bit of sphagnum moss and I'll lay a little bit, of, uh, just a light layer of sphagnum moss. And what that's going to do is it's going to keep the soil above the charcoal and the rocks. So it's mm. kind of all, all sitting there. And then I'll add a little bit of so- soil back on top of that. And then I'll plant my plants right into there. And then now you've created an ecosystem. If you get a, you put the right plants in there, you can actually put a lid on there and it will take care of itself. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So yeah. the humidity in there, if you have enough, the right the right environment with the right amount of light, it's just going to kind of take care of itself yeah. in there. And uh, the charcoal plants that you captures can, the CO2 and just releases everything. Everything's just a, an ecosystem. That's plants right. that you can put in there are different mosses, baby tears, um, some different types of ferns are, are great for those mm-hmm. types of environments. Yeah, totally. Now there's that. You can also have been growing your own, kind of growing your own food indoors right now too, right? Yeah. Lots of herb options. That's a, a great way people, you know, there's everything from those little arrow gardens that are, Sort of hydroponically, yep. they do the job, right? There's little pods that you plant the seeds into, and it mostly just grows in water, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And they have their own usual, uh, usually have their own light on top of them. Just a little ecosystem that's on right. its own. And you but, can start herbs from seed right yeah. now, too. Yep. I think it's great to be able to grow some of those countertop things. You need, do need a grow light um, in, indoors right now. We do not have enough daylight hours no. to get things to continue to grow. And, and the arrow gardens have them built in. They so. have them built in, but there's some really beautiful grow lights that are decent prices and actually don't look as tacky as they used to back no, maybe no. even yeah. five or three years ago. Yeah. Aesthetically, they're not terrible. Yeah, they're right? not good, terrible yeah. anymore. And uh, you can do uh, them from seed and start a little mini greenhouse on a windowsill. You can do that or else you can do from cuttings and maybe you can't find a plant to grow a herb or cutting from. Go to the grocery store and grab some uh, some herbs from your, your produce section and Take some cuttings of some of your herbs there with your rosemary, your thyme, your ba- your basil even um, works really great for doing a cutting of it. Just cut sh- a sharp, um, right before the, take about two nodes, which is where the leaves come out, a sharp um, cut about a centimeter below one of those nodes mm-hmm. and stick it right into the soil and watch it root. Yeah. Um, really easy to do, easy process. And you can have a windowsill, little, you can get little... Um, Little um, trays that have the pellets, little individual the jiffy, p- pellets. Has jiffy pellets in them, oh, or yeah, they might yeah, pour yeah. pellets in them, 
and they have a little greenhouse roof that fits over top of them. So you can stick that roof over top of them until they root, right? Now, one thing so, I will mention with that is in the wintertime when we put something on the windowsill, I get calls saying, hey, you know what, why, aren't my, why isn't my stuff germinating very yeah. quickly? And it's because it's so cool. It might be too cold. And a lot of times we, it's the soil temperature that will get things going mm-hmm. more so than the sunlight. That's how we talk um, with gardening seeds. We use a heat mat underneath, right? Yeah, so, so. even what I'll do is I'll to get it to germinate, I'll take it away from that window a little bit because you don't necessarily need the light. You need bottom heat to get that soil temperature up. Yep. And then as soon as you start to see them going, put it back into the window then and then you'll start getting yeah, it. Right, That's getting exactly. It yep. Very cool, mm-hmm. very cool. This uh, holiday season throughout uh, throughout this time of year, you know, we're talking, we want to talk about some of the things you can do as a family oh, and, yes. and get out and do. Uh, by the way, this is a pre-recorded version of Garden Talk. So normally we'd get you to call in and text us, but that'll be happening in the new year for you. Uh, there's all kinds of things around the province from say the enchanted forest, mm-hmm. which is in the Saskatoon, right in the Saskatoon zoo, yep. uh, which you can go see all the holiday lights there, Christmas lights. A walk around Wascana park in Regina. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful, so beautiful. Obviously this time of year. Right. And, uh, bird counts, right? There's yeah. things you can do with the whole family with kids. That's are exciting to do. Saskatoon nature society or the Saskatchewan nature society. Yeah. If you want to see what's happening across the province, okay, um, good. coming up right now, we have Regina, um, something happening on the 27th, the 26th in Saskatoon. Yeah, um, well, it starts on the 16th and 17th, first of all, and all oh, the 17th, I guess it'd be the 17th. That'd be, that'd so, be the, the so day of, there, yeah. of the first recording here. And then, uh, so then, yeah, there's a Capel Dam in seven, uh, at 17th. And then December 26th, Saskatoon in the south of Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. The 27th is the Christmas bird count for kids. That's I a love lot of that, fun. getting another generation yeah. involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then December 31st is the Pike Lake White Chief Whitecap Park. And that would be fun just to even do a little nature hike out at Pike Lake. Absolutely, too. totally. You know, to wrap this up before we go to uh, to finalize the show here, you know, you can bring birds to your yard as well, right? Mm-hmm. We can go yes. into the nature and count them, but it's also wonderful this time of year to bring and and to help out that part of, of yeah. nature. So adding some bird feeders um, that you have there. And the other thing that we've been selling, actually quite a few things, uh, is having a bird bath and putting a heated. little heater inside your bird bath mm-hmm. and keeping that water flowing because the birds... They not only need food, but they need yeah. access to water as well in the winter. And you can also join in the bird count because you can go online and count the birds just in your backyard and then add them in online as well. Oh, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So, I guess one thing we should say is, you know, when it comes to feeding the birds, they it's always kind of been talked about that when you start doing that, you really want to keep doing that throughout the, the winter. Because you told the birds that, hey, there's food here, you need to stay. So you don't want to tell them to stay in your area and then all of a sudden the food disappears and they're going to mm-hmm. have trouble. Yeah. So if you're going to start doing a feed a feeding process, make sure that you're taking those on. Those are almost like your little pets. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And uh, having the right type, you know, sunflowers is a big one, you know, for a lot of the birds and because the oils give, keep them warm, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, some of the, if you have some of the other type of smaller birds, some of the Niger seed and that kind of stuff. So there's all kinds of different bird seed that, that work really well for different birds. But that's exactly. also a great Christmas gift you give somebody. Find someone who's got a passion, whether it's birding or... Um, lilies or orchids and there's little associations that you can join and maybe like $20 fee but maybe you give somebody uh, a gift of a a membership to an association. Well thanks for joining us this has been pre-recorded of course we'll get you an opportunity to give us a call and uh, ask us us questions and text us in the new year at 1-877-332-8255 but for now that's going to be it for us. Have a great Christmas season. Yeah enjoy. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick this has been Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.